Hi friends, welcome to the St. Anne Parish Podcast, where we seek to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. We hope you enjoy this episode. I would like each of you, I would like each of you to think of your core root sin. Like, what do you struggle with most? What is that deep root sin that you struggle with? Think about it. Now tell your neighbor. Just kidding. (laughs) Don't do that. But how did you feel about sharing that? Uh, probably a little bit hesitant, right? Um, rather than wanting to be sitting next to someone if you had been like, ah, I wish I was the only one in this pew. Um, that's how we feel when our sin starts to become manifest. We pull back, we separate ourselves from others. And I would suggest to you today that the scriptures are trying um, to show us that. The Samaritan woman that we encounter, she is there, but She is carrying an immense amount of guilt and shame. How do we know that? The gospel writer gives us a key. Uh, It says that she is going to gather water. Now, the water that she would carry, you'd carry a jug, a big jug, and then you would fill it with water, and you would carry it back to your home. Now, if you were doing hard manual labor, uh, carrying... uh, A gallon of water weighs what, eight pounds per gallon? If you were carrying multiple gallons, um, when would you want to do this hard labor-intensive work? Would you want to do it in the heat of the noonday sun, or would you want to do it when it's a little bit cooler in the morning? Right, you would want to do it in the morning because A, everyone would like to have some water in the morning, they don't have to wait the entire day thirsty, but also, you don't want to do the work in the noonday sun. But when, if you were carefully listening, when was the Samaritan woman gathering water? At noon. Why? This is to show us that she is trying to avoid the crowds. She does not want to encounter anybody because she is living with guilt and shame. Uh, Her sin was very public. It was the fact that she was not married just once, not married twice, three times, four times, but at least five times had she been married. And so she hid. And that is what makes our gospel reading today so spectacular, is that Jesus Christ Even though this woman was trying to hide, even though she was ashamed of her sin, Jesus did not stay far away. He came directly into her life and showed her dignity and worth and love. In fact, you can tell this because the woman is so shocked because she's a Samaritan and Samaritans were seen as unclean sinners by the Jewish people. She said, who are you a Jew that would even come talk with me? But this is always the way of the Lord. This is his method. Our second reading proclaims it so much today. It says that God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, 
Christ Jesus died for us. God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. What did the Lord do? He came into our lives giving us a gift, and that love transformed us even before we asked for it. He came and gave that gift. And we see that lived out in John chapter 4. And his method is effective. A careful reading of this gospel will show you how the people move to understand who Jesus is. At first, you can hear the woman in John 4, verse 11 and 15. How does she refer to Jesus? As sir. And then in verse 19, she calls him a prophet. And then in verse 29, she suggests that he is the Christ. And then at the end of the gospel, it says that the whole town realizes that he is the Lord of the world. From just another guy to Lord of the world, this is a pretty impressive movement of faith. And so as we think about our vision, our mission here at St. Anne's um, to bring people to Jesus, to form disciples, and to send them to transform the world, we need to ask ourselves, how did Jesus do it? Where did he start? Because we want our first steps to be his first steps. And this is how he started. By coming into her life. Now, I talk to a lot of people um, about their faith journey, and a lot of times people um, who have left the church, I will specifically ask them uh, why they left the church. They'll come up, they'll talk to me, and they'll say, I grew up Catholic. And my favorite response is, me too. <laughs> but they, of course, mean that they are no longer practicing, and so I ask them, I said, you grew up Catholic, what, what happened? And they always say to me this, and it's not because they had a theological dispute or a disagreement with the church. The reason that they oftentimes give for the reason that they are no longer practicing their Catholic faith is because they felt, whether this is real or just perceived, they felt that the Catholic church was judgmental, had a lot of guilt, and they experienced that shame rather than a relationship with the Lord. And again, whether or not that is real or perceived, when we think about our method of evangelization on how to share the saving message of Jesus Christ, how to move someone from sir through prophet uh, to Christ to Lord of the world. How do we make that transition? How did Jesus start? What was his first step? It was always relationship. Our problem, I would suggest, is sometimes we start with rules. There was a 20th century evangelist, and he said that rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. We've talked about this before, um, but we can't, and Jesus doesn't even start 
with pointing out the myriad of sins. He doesn't start with, man, you know, you should have no other gods before the one true God. You shouldn't use the Lord's name in vain. You should, go to, you should go to church on spring break weekend, everybody, even if it is daylight savings time. He doesn't start there, right? That's not where Jesus starts. When Jesus encounters someone's life in the gospel over and over again, he starts by saying, let's share a meal. Come and walk with me for a little bit. Just like with the woman, he starts off by having a discussion, a talk with her, restoring her dignity and worth, speaking with her like an equal. And then he moves to the place where he says, you are searching for something to quench your thirst, but you are seeking in the wrong area. God alone has what will quench your true and eternal spiritual thirst. He starts with a relationship, then moves to the rules and says, maybe, maybe there's something that needs to change about your marital situation. But it is the relationship first, then the rules, and that is what allows this woman to have life. Because in the gospel, you will notice that the woman, it says that she left her jar. She put down the, the comfort of the world to be able to live in the true spiritual water of Christ, and she becomes a sharer of the gospel message. She goes to the town and says, this is a man who told me everything I've done wrong, but still accepted and loved me. And that is why she turned towards him. So today, perhaps, um, as we go out into the world at the end of Mass, as we receive the blessing, maybe there's a new conviction in our heart that when we encounter somebody, perhaps we don't start with the rules. Maybe we'd start with a cup of coffee. Maybe we start with just talking about the Lord in a normal, average way. Maybe we, in our work, or when we take, when we're sitting outside at our kids' soccer team, or when we are in line for Starbucks, that maybe we just look for an opportunity to start a conversation. And we wait for the moment when the Holy Spirit will say, right now, this is the moment that I want you to say something about what can truly quench this person's thirst. Jesus Christ, our Savior. And if we find ourselves struggling with that, I would like us to think in our own personal life. Where do we start with ourselves? Do we start with the rules? Or in our own life, do we start with focusing on our relationship with the Lord? Because it always happens this way. In the scriptures today, when the woman knew that she was loved, and then the rules were given. The rules were not burdensome. They became life. Focus on our relationship with the Lord. And he will do the rest. 
The state and vision is to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. To learn more about St. Anne, go to stanneparish.org. God bless.